Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller, here in the United States, closing out our series of Colombian-based pods. Uh, This one will be featuring Nicolas Benedetti, uh, an attacking midfielder for Deportivo Cali in Colombia. I'm joined, as always, by Tom Robinson, also joined on this pod by Simon Edwards, our Colombian-based expert, Simon Benedetti seems to be a player close to your heart, at least in terms of playing style. Is is that a fair assumption to to make? Yeah, well, he's he's an old school number ten. He's he's a bit more he's a bit more uh, mobile than than really you know really I appreciate I appreciate number ten who makes those passes and just sits back and smokes a cigarette. Um, he's a bit more mobile than that, but definitely has the passing vision and technique to pique my interest. Tom, for you, Benedetti, we haven't seen him at the under-20 level for Colombia. He picked up an injury before the 2017 under-20 championship in South America and then didn't feature for them there. What have you made of what you've seen from Benedetti with Deportivo Cali? Yeah, it was a big shame that he didn't get to play for the under-20s because I think, you know, that maybe his his reputation outside of Colombia isn't quite as high as it should be because certainly within Colombia, as, as I'm sure Simon will agree, you know, he's, he is really seen as one of the top young talents at the moment. So it was, it was a big shame and, and maybe it goes some way to explaining why Colombia didn't make the under 20 world cup. But yeah, you know, he's, I think he's, uh, he's 20 and he's made well over uh, 70 appearances already for Cali. And he's got about, I think 17 goals to his name in, in that time. So He's done very well. You know, he, he was part of that side that won the Apertura back in 2015, um, and now has you know kicked on from from you know just being a bit bit part player then to to being an important you know creative hub of the team. And uh, as we mentioned, he's he's got all the kind of elements of a, of a number ten you want. You know, the creativity, the vision, the passing. He can chip in with some goals. He's he's got plenty of energy and and he's good on set pieces as well. So. Cali, uh, a really, really good club for producing young talent. I, you know, I'm sure Simon would maybe say Envigado are a little bit higher up than them, but for me, they're, they've been one of the best clubs at producing young talent in recent years. Um, and yeah, it's good to see that yeah, an, another young player coming through the ranks for them. Yeah, I think Envigado and Cali are considered the two major, uh, major academies in, in Colombia. Uh, his his father actually was a was a player. Eduardo Benedetti played for Santa Fe in the in the seventies. You know, so he, he was always kind of seen as a as a kid who had a bit of attention on him. Um, he was in when he was twelve. He played in a tournament in Brazil, and he actually won the the Pele Award at the tournament. Um, you know, in Brazil, the Copa Disney it was called, I think. And he was uh, you know noted as being a, a, a talented kid, explosive, quick, and with good vision. Uh, and yes, he was really pointed out from a very, very young age uh, as an exciting talent. Uh, he's played, you know, a, a good number of games. He played quite recent, you know, quite a few times. As a kid, was kind of compared to the likes of Lionel Messi, who's kind of his, his one of his idols. So you know, there's a lot of good indicators uh, for from Benedetti coming through at a young age. Simon, Benedetti played a pretty big role, as we've said, for Deportivo Cali this past year, uh, especially coming down to the end of it of this last competition he was kind of a feature for Cali maybe not the way that he would have hoped for down in that final talk a little bit about that and kind of what 
long-term effects, if any, you think there are that will be on him in his career? Yeah, I mean, he, he really, I mean, he's played quite a few games. For, you know, he's 20 years old now, but he's played, I think, what, 60, 64 games. So he's, he's played quite a few times, scored a few goals each season. That's perhaps something you can look, look to improve um, because I do think uh, he does have the technical ability, the pace. You know, he's, his the goals that he has scored have either been really impressive long-range efforts or they've been driving and breaking beyond the, the number nine. So that's uh, something I think he can improve. Um, so, yeah, basically, he's developed into a key player for Deportivo Cali. They got to the final this year. Uh, he played an important role throughout the, the tournament. In the first leg of the final, he scored the opening goal in a Deportivo Cali 2-0 win. Took his shirt off, ran around the pitch, waving it around his head. Uh, got a second yellow, well, got a yellow card, which meant that he was then suspended for the second level, leg of the final alongside uh, Orejuela, who's another interesting defender, um, young Cali player. So they both were suspended for the second leg, which Cali emphatically lost. So you can really see the, the cost that it, his absence had to the team. And um, he was actually uh, taken into hospital for assessment because, you know, uh, like emotional distress following that, that final. So I think that shows his real passion. But again, you know, it definitely hit him hard missing that second leg and perhaps shows a little bit of uh, immaturity in the decision to take of his shirt and maybe kind of a lack of emotional strength. In, in not responding to that uh, in, a, in a better way. But yeah, he, it, also I think the fact that without him, Cali really, really lacked that link between attack and midfield. Um, I think that really shows his importance to the team, especially at a young age. And I think he's a, a really exciting player. I think so often, and Tom, you can hop in on this, we forget that a lot of these players that we are profiling, and not necessarily just us specifically, but just in general, we forget that these players are 20-year-olds, and they do have a long way to go before they are finished products, not just as players, but also as people. And I'm honestly amazed that we don't see incidents like this more often, where it was a clearly an emotional goal for Benedetti. It was a big moment in his career, and he reacted thusly and maybe didn't take in the consequences at the time and then had to deal with them later. And, and that's quite difficult to do at, at that young of an age. I think so often we're amazed by the maturity of some players that incidents like this, that they do raise question marks, certainly, but it can also just really easily be explained that he was a 20 year old who was taking part in one of the biggest moments of his life and maybe let the emotion get the best of him a little bit. And that, that hurt his team in a negative manner. I think I'm more surprised that that, that doesn't happen more often. Honestly, Tom, I really am. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we do forget that these, these guys are human beings and, and young guys at that, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe the first thing you'd think of when you, when you see that he was checked into hospital would be like, oh, is, you know, how is he going to recover from this? You know, or at least some people may even be writing him off, but you know, the, the kind of pressures and, and stuff like that and the commitment and passion that he's showing to, to Cali, you know, I think, I think they're admirable and, you know, I think it's, yeah, I think uh, if if I was to do something like that now, you know, I'd I'd probably be an emotional wreck. You know, I could that's probably worse when I failed my driving test at that age. So you know, you know, I think I don't think we can be too harsh on uh, Benedetti. Really, you know, he's you know he's he's just shown that yeah, maybe there's some maturity that needs to come into his game. But you know, let's try and take take the positives from it and just show you know his commitment. You know. He'll definitely learn from it. And, you know, that's that's what these these experiences are for, really, aren't they? 
Yeah, and I think um, it really reflects on the the importance that he has for the team and, and the role he sees himself playing. You know, he was upset because he wasn't going to have the opportunity to lead his team to, to victory. Uh, and, you know, I think he was frustrated with having let the team down. But again, if you're a, a standard, I think he was 19 at the time, um, player, you know, you miss out on a final, you, you might feel a bit sad for yourself. But I think he just really felt that he wasn't able to, to fulfill his role, which had become so important for Cali at the time. Simon, we've seen Benedetti linked with some of the European clubs that always seem to be swarming around players of these types. Uh, I believe PSG were rumored to be in on him. Uh, I think they have bigger fish to fry with the whole Neymar deal at the moment, so they might be a little more focused on that than young Colombians. But we have seen those those links come up, as are often the case before we do see a player depart South America. What would you see as kind of the timeline for Benedetti before moving on to Europe? And where in Europe do you think would he be most successful? Well, yeah, I think um, most recently he's been heavily linked with Sevilla. Uh, again, I think that's a, a, the kind of club that I think eventually he'll be suited to playing for. Uh, he's very much the traditional Colombian number 10. As I mentioned, he's, 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 he's got decent pace and he's got good athleticism, which is, which is important and gives something extra to his game. But overall, it's his creativity, it's his vision, it's his you know, technique that, that really sets him apart. So, uh, yeah, I think Sevilla is, is it will be a good club for him. Um, you know, I think for him at the, this point, it's key to be to be moving into the right kind of clubs. I think with central defenders, there's less adaption in some some regards. Obviously, there's you know tactical aspects and there's concentration that will need to be uh, increased moving to Europe. But for, for a creative midfielder, finding the right club and the right role is really really important because being a creative midfielder in South America can be quite different to being a creative midfielder in Europe um, and only certain clubs will be able to best utilize his skill set. I think moves to 4-2-3-1 and, and having, you know, wing backs and so forth do free up the opportunities for a, for a, for a number 10 or for an attacking midfielder, uh, which I think is, is best suited to him. I think he's ideally in a 4-2-3-1 would be in the middle of the three behind the striker, but I think he could also play from wide coming inside. Uh, has got the pace to beat the man on the outside, but we most uh, uh, will be most valuable coming inside. So I think there's a number of clubs who would benefit from from that kind of player. I, you know, I think he's got the the, the technical ability and the the vision to to contribute. It's just the other aspects that will have to come along, you know, in terms of positioning, defensive responsibility, uh, and being a player who can fit within a a changing system, which you will definitely face when he comes to Europe. And Tom, for you, kind of the same question. Um, Portugal often seems to be the destination of choice for, for players like this, um, not just for Brazilians, but for, for other South American players, because it is such an easy transition sometimes. Do you think that that could be something that we could see in the future for Benedetti? Yeah, I think I totally agree with Simon as well on, on that front. You know, I think um, Spain or Portugal would both be good moves. You know, in Spain, maybe a club, like Sevilla, like Celta Vigo, or, you know, some of that kind of um, top half standing for sure. Or, you know, maybe a move to one of the big clubs in Portugal. You know, they've got a, a great reputation of bringing South American players across and doing well. You know, Sporting have brought uh, Marcos Acuna um, across from, from Racing in Argentina this year. And, you know, we've seen Benfica bring similar players and, and Porto as well. So, 
I think those those would be good places to develop to you know not have too much of a shock to the system when moving across. But right now, where he's at, as I've, as I've mentioned earlier on on the podcast, it, it's, it's a great place to develop young talent. You know, he's in it. We've seen the likes of Santos Borre, Preciado, and in the past, uh, Luis Muriel, Frank Fabra, Murillo, Zapata. You know, they've all played. For, and you know, majority of whom have, have come through at uh, Deportivo Cali. So you know, he's got some players like Balanta and uh, Orejuela alongside him. Juan Sebastián Quintero, another defender I, li- I really like. So he, he's he's in a good place um, right now. So I, I don't think there should be a rush to move, but he's certainly reaching that that point where you know he's becoming not too big for for Cali, but certainly if he's already one of the most influential players in their team, then you've got to expect some some of the big names in, in Europe to be taking note and, and looking to bring him over. So, yeah, I, I think he would be good value for money for any any European team looking to take him on. As we've mentioned before in other pods, I think there's really good value in, in Colombia. So you could probably end up paying a lot more for a, a Brazilian or Argentinian of, of a sort of similar quality level. So, yeah, I think uh, this summer, if I was a European club, I'd certainly be trying to sign him. Simon, we've talked a lot in the past about the value of these young Colombian players, especially in contrast to some of the values that we see go for Brazilian players. Um, You and I were talking pre-pod. We saw Vinicius Jr., uh, a 16-year-old from Flamengo, sell for 45 million euros. And you said for that price, you could buy up any pretty much every Colombian young player twice and just wait and see which ones develop. Is Benedetti the type of investment that a club could make for a, a pretty low price and then see good sell-on value down the road? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Honestly, I think with with European clubs, you could sign almost any Colombian and make a profit at this stage. The most expensive exports from the Colombian league are you know, generally like 10, 11 million pounds and very, very rarely more than two or three million. So, we're talking about full internationals for one of the best national sides in, in the world. If we look at the established players uh, playing in Europe, the, the Colombian forwards, for example, all going for 30, 35, 40 million. Duvan Zapata is in that range. Carlos Baca is recently moving for that kind of money. Obviously, James Rodriguez, Cuadrado, Jackson Martinez at one point was at that level. You know, all of these players are worth 25, 30 million plus. And, very, very, you know, is, is Carido as well as 15 million from Bruges uh, moving to Italy. So I think it would be very, very difficult to buy one of these stars of, you know, the U20 or, or breaking through to the Colombian national team uh, for a 20-year-old, 19-year-old and, and not make 10 times profit, <laughs> which is which is crazy. I think the type of, you know, these type of players, if they were Brazilian, they would be labeled the next someone the next Ronaldinho the next Pele if they were Argentinian the next Maradona the next Riquelme and you add you know a zero to their price tag and they're a 10 million instead of a one million pound player so I I think um, the Colombian league in particular is is massively massively undervalued considering the the price that the established Colombians in Europe are going for after one or two years so yeah I think in particular particular Colombians in South America, you know, being one of the strongest national teams in world football, uh, having real strength in depth, um, having changed, you know, there's four internationals who are available for £500,000. And if you compare that, that's going to get you a League League One player (laughs) in England. 
um, for a, a, a fraction of the technical ability. So, of course, when you buy from South America, there are certain issues. But I think Colombian players as well, I think the style of football in Colombia, although it's not as mature and it's not quite as tactical, I think there are uh, a lot of similarities to the kind of more established European leagues, uh, perhaps more so than even Brazil. You know, I think Brazil, uh, a lot of focus on kind of individual players, a lot of phys- physical focus, um, you know, direct play. And those are produce a lot of valuable players for Europe. But I think the kind of slower build-up, the more tactical, uh, the more possession-based game in, in Colombia, when it's played well, I think suits really suits well to leagues like Italy or leagues like uh, Spain or Portugal. So I think signing a Colombian is very, very cheap. I think the on-the-field adaption is slightly easier than some other leagues in, in world football and obviously there's cultural issues and so forth which can scupper these things but you know I think if if you're Manchester City and you sign any decent Colombian you're going to sell him for at least five million in a year's time <laughs> even if he never plays for the club so yeah I definitely think that there's really no no way of losing if you pay a decent price early enough for a good Colombian talent. Tom, is Benedetti the, the type of talent that you, you could see playing at a high level in Europe down the line? You could see playing for the Colombian national team at a high level down the line? Yeah, certainly. I think there's a lot of competition for that playmaker position in the Colombian national team. But I think Benedetti's got those all-round skills. You know, I, li- I like his dynamism. You know, there's maybe some more traditional sort of foot on the ball playmakers that Colombia still does very well to produce. But I think he's got that kind of style that would fit in quite nicely in Europe. So, you know, I could, I could see him being a big success and um, I'm going to be following his, uh, his next move uh, very intently because he's a really exciting prospect. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think? Austin? Yeah, I think he's, it's, it's such a tough position. And you said it with relation to that national team, there is so much competition for that role that it could be hard for him to maybe find a spot in there. But as you guys have both said, he's in a really good spot with where he's at right now. Uh, and if I were a, a mid table European club, you know, we did a pod earlier where we were talking, um, about, uh, Hernandez at Watford, you know, that type of move where, you buy him now and you see what happens three, four years from now. Maybe it doesn't work out and you sell him on and it's not for that great of a profit. But if it does work out, you know, the sell on could be could be fantastic. Final question to you, Simon. Benedetti, when do you think he'll move? He's in a good spot at Cali right now. Certainly a reputation for developing players. Do you think he'll stick around for a little while longer or do you think he'll be heading off before we know it? Yeah, I mean, there's talk at the moment. I think... Obviously, he had some injuries at the start of the year, uh, which many missed, missed the U20, which kind of impacted upon his profile slightly. And also his, his development, although he's now established himself in the first team. I think it's possible this month. But if not, I would think probably uh, December, January, uh, maybe a, a, an agreement to move uh, next summer to a European club. I think that may be the, the route. We've seen it a few times with some players. So maybe a pre-contract agreement or maybe he's he's bought and loaned back uh, to Cali. Uh, they've done that before with uh, Santos Borre, who we mentioned earlier. So I think that's probably the option. Either a team buys him now, which, again, there's been some rumours, but nothing concrete at the moment. Uh, we've got maybe like a month to go before that for that to happen. Uh, and if not, then I think maybe a pre-contract deal done over the next six months uh, with a view to move in the next summer window. 
We'll certainly keep you updated on everything that we hear about Nicholas Benedetti. For more from the World Football Index, be sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to keep up with all the latest. Thanks for listening. Right.